Hello, friends. I'm so glad you found me here at the Steward Project Podcast, but we have to start each episode with a little bit of a disclaimer. Because this podcast is focused on the intersections of service, social justice, spirituality, and self-care, please know that we will talk about some challenging topics, some things that might be uncomfortable, or some things that might trigger us. So I just want you to come into this space fully aware I also want to be very clear that I occasionally drop an F-bomb or two. So if you have young children nearby, maybe use your earplugs or make sure that they know that the person you're listening to is just really, really passionate. Here we go. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Steward Project podcast. It's been a minute since I've dropped an episode here, and in the meantime, the world has had a little bit of a shakeup. <laughs> uh, no matter where you are listening from, whether you're in the United States or another country, we are all experiencing a global pandemic of COVID-19, this virus that is a respiratory illness and is actually fairly deadly. So a lot of us are in shelter in place, or we might even be in quarantine right now. So this episode, I really just wanted to check in, see how folks are doing. I know you guys can't respond, but taking a moment just to check in with yourself, really check in with your mind and your body and your heart and figure out where you are right now. I know a lot of folks are still in survival mode, in that fight or flight mode or panic mode where fear is kind of taking over. And that is absolutely understandable. For a lot of us, we've lost quite a bit in just a few days or a few weeks. I know as an educator, I'm in the schools as a social worker, and you know, the first week we were out of school, kids started kind of freaking out uh, because that routine of school, even the kids that didn't go to class, started kind of saying, well, you know, I really miss that routine. I miss going to school. I miss my peers. I miss the teachers. So I think it's important for us to validate that we are all grieving. We are experiencing a universal trauma and we are all experiencing a universal grief. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is an author, and she is a, uh, has a wonderful book on death and dying. It's actually a book I had to read in my social work master's program, which I think was really helpful. And she talks about the seven stages of grief. Uh, the first stage being shock and denial, <laughs> which absolutely was the case for a lot of us, right? We didn't think this was as bad as it is. Um, and even our president was saying things like, oh, no, we'll, you know, churches will be full on Easter. And now we know that that is not going to be the case. The second stage of grief is pain and guilt. For some of us, maybe we're passing through this. We don't necessarily feel any pain or guilt about the current situation. But maybe we are experiencing some not physical pain, but like financial pain, right? The next step is anger and bargaining really trying to say like, okay, I'm really upset, but these are some of the things I can do, or these are the ways that I'm going to make sense of this loss. The fourth stage of grief is depression. I do think that's really starting to set in for a lot of folks is, is the reality of being alone and loneliness, having almost too much time to reflect <laughs> and sit in silence um, because that can be really overwhelming. Um, the, the fifth step is the upward turn, right? Where we start to see, to realize that what happened has happened. We can't control that. And we shift toward our upward turn 
or toward realizing that things might get better. The sixth step is reconstruction and working through the grief, really being able to see where we are and get ask for the help that we need. And then the final stage of grief is acceptance and hope. I don't know where you are on these stages of grief or where you are in feeling the loss, right? We've all lost our routines. We've lost our ways of being. For those of us who have identified with being busy and being overwhelmed in our work, not having that busyness to take up our time is really exposing ourselves to ourselves, right? We are being exposed to ourselves. Those of us who've been doing radical self-care have been building that capacity for a while, right? When you sit in meditation for 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, you are building that capacity to sit with yourself, whether you like what, you, what you're sitting with or not, and to really be able to pull inward. And I think for a lot of folks, they're being forced to do that, and it's very uncomfortable. Even meditation, when you're doing it willingly, is uncomfortable when you start. And many of you who are listening to this podcast have started a, a meditation practice or have been in one for a while, so you understand what I mean, right? When you first start to sit with that stillness, a lot comes up, stuff you weren't expecting necessarily. Um, so it's a really beautiful time right now for folks to be still and to really excavate that internal stuff. Was I identifying with my title, my job, my busyness? And if so, what does that mean for me now? What is my identity in this quarantine? <laughs> Who am I if I'm not constantly busy, constantly running from thing to thing, constantly overwhelmed? But that's where the beauty of this pandemic comes in as well. If, if you guys don't mind for a moment, I do want a silver lining this. And it isn't to invalidate all the fear and the uncertainty that's happening. But to recognize that this is a beautiful opportunity. This is a global pause, right? The world has been shut down and told to just hang out for a minute, take a deep breath, chill out. Now, of course, it's not that easy, but in this global pause, those of us who have been pulling into our radical self-care have built a, re a relative resistance and resilience. So it is incumbent upon those of us who currently are in the stage of acceptance and hope and feel grounded and centered and present with what is right now it is incumbent upon those of us who feel that way to start moving forward. And when I talk about moving forward, what I mean is let's look back for a moment, even a few weeks ago, to see what were the illusions that we were under, right? Because if we're honest, a lot of our reality is based on illusion. I'm thinking specifically of two systems that we all thought were fine, or well, not all of us thought were fine. <laughs> there still were problems but that we are being that are being exposed now as complete system failures and that is capitalism and the healthcare system now if you've been paying attention you know that capitalism wasn't working before and it certainly is being exposed now right we're watching the wealthy get what they need and the poor be left behind as always but what's happening now is the poor can't say well this is or sorry the rich folks can't say well this is because the poor people don't work hard enough Right? Like there is no individual psychosis or individual um, reason why someone would be on the receiving end of less. Right? The only reason anybody could, should be getting less than other people right now 
is that we've bought into a capitalist structure. But this disease, this virus, is indiscriminate, right? It doesn't care how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't care if your title was CEO or janitor. And that's what is exposing the capitalist lie. Because for so long, they were able to keep us satiated or keep us kind of contained with the like, well, here's the thing, right? Rich people just work harder, so they deserve more. These corporations just work harder, so they deserve more. These corporations give a lot, so they deserve more. And what we're finding is there are people who are giving a lot and not getting anything in return. The government is asking people to step up, but not giving them the bailout that they're giving corporations. And this is important for us to pay attention to. When we follow the money and pay attention to where the money is going, it becomes more and more obvious who is cared for in our capitalist economy. The beautiful thing I see happening is a lot more cooperation, right? I am seeing a lot more folks giving to other people who don't have any, volunteering their time to help those who don't have anything, and people reaching out to neighbors, reaching out to people who might be shut in the house, and giving them what they have. I know in my neighborhood, a lot of our neighbors have been cooking and sharing that. Uh, two nights ago, I made Italian wedding soup, and I gave, I canned three, well, three jars of it and gave it to neighbors who I know couldn't get out. So what we are seeing is folks really pulling into a more socialist mindset where we are cooperating and collaborating in community because the corporations are failing us right now. And I, in this moment, today on March 31st, 2020, I do know that there are some corporations that are going to start pushing back. Some of the workers are pushing back. Amazon and Whole Foods and some of those large corporations that are getting breaks from the government and have never paid their full share of taxes and are now asking for donations from the public, they are not protecting their workers. Their workers are working overtime without overtime pay. They're being asked to cover shifts for other workers without getting extra pay. Right? So that's all being exposed. The shell game of capitalism is being exposed, and we can't go back to it. The same is happening with the healthcare system. Our healthcare system was already shaky. It was already a shell game, right? Profits over people every time in the healthcare system. People were already being denied care because they didn't have insurance, right? Wait times in ERs were already 13 hours or more in some places because if you don't have insurance, you just have to wait till someone decides that there's an open bed or they've got time to see you. We are seeing a little bit of that in this COVID-19 pandemic where um, I know we just in California had a 17-year-old boy who died of COVID-19. And what they said was that he initially went to the urgent care and they denied him because he didn't have insurance, even though he was clearly having a cough and respiratory issues. By the time he got to the ER two days later, he died within, I think, a day of being in the hospital. This is becoming real life or death. Now, many of us who were screaming from the rooftops before were saying this was life and death, and it was. There were people dying because they couldn't get seen before, but it wasn't in large numbers, and it was really easy to say, oh, well, that's that individual's fault. But again, with this global pandemic that is impacting everybody, no matter what your age, race, wealth is, we can't say that anymore. Right? You cannot say that this 17-year-old deserved to die because he didn't work hard enough or his parents didn't work hard enough for him to have insurance. That's bullshit. And now we know it. It's being exposed. Again, the beautiful thing with healthcare that I'm seeing is that people are stepping up. Individuals are stepping up. 
folks are donating time. They're donating their own PPE and their own masks that they had. I know for me, I'm actually sewing masks. Um, they, they've asked for local hospitals that if you can sew masks with fabric, that they would use that to put over the, the M95 mask, the one mask that they get for the whole week to see every patient. I heard from an ER doctor in Oakland that the hospital actually had fired a lot of their janitorial staff before this COVID-19 situation happened. And now they have so few people to clean that they are not cleaning between patients in the rooms. So he's saying, I have to put a patient into a room that has blood splatter and, and vomit and bodily fluids all over it because no one's coming in to clean because they've already fired those people because it wasn't cost efficient for the bottom line. That's being exposed right now. And I don't even think we're even touching the surface of that stuff. I don't think we're really fully being, um, sh all of it's being shared with us. So we know that those systems were already on shaky ground and this pandemic is exposing them. That's where the beauty comes in. Because again, those of us who feel very grounded and centered in this moment, who have walked through the fire of trauma before and this feels very familiar, we are being called to create a better world after all of this. Now, none of us know when this is gonna end. I know in my county, we keep getting extensions. First, we were supposed to go back April 7th. Now we're not gonna go back till May 1st. And I don't think we're going back through the summer. I think they just are piecemealing <laughs> this out so people don't freak out. But when we return, I know there are a lot of us who want to shift directly back to where we were before all of this happened. And I understand that, I really do. People cling to what they know. They cling to routine, they cling to what's familiar. And for a lot of people, it's destabilizing to think of something different. But we are in a point in time, an inflection point where we must consider something different. It is incumbent upon us to do that. This is a beautiful opportunity. Again, this universal pause. And Tara Brock says, if we want to get rid of any habits or patterns, we need to pause. That's the only way to stop that. And many of you who are listening to this podcast, we've been wanting to stop this hustle, this go, 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 this busyness, this feeling like we're constantly being identified by what we do as helpers, healers, and change makers. And we want to see systems change, right? We've been talking about that for a long time, how self-care can be, feed into community care and community care can feed into systems change. And now we have a beautiful opportunity to make that a reality. I'll be very honest, I don't know what that looks like, right? And that's the beauty of this. I feel very confident moving forward without something laid out in front of me. And I know that's not the same for everybody, but again, I think some of you that are listening to this podcast, you're in that same space. So one of the things I am going to offer is I want to pull some community members together to really start to envision what this future could look like. So I want to invite you onto a Zoom call with me this Thursday, April 2nd, 2020, at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're in a different part of the globe, you'll have to figure out what, what time frame that is for you. And I want, I'm doing a Zoom call because I really want us to be able to interact. I want to see your faces. I want to hear where you are. And I want to hear our good ideas and see them all collective together. So if you're interested in this Zoom call, and I know it's very last minute, um, I am posting this uh, podcast on March 31st, and we are going to do the Zoom call on April 2nd. 
But if you're able to pull in, what I'd like you to do is email me and I can email you back the link um, for the Zoom call because I want us to really envision what our future could look like. Really pull into that radical self-care space that we've been building. And even maybe go back to episode 17, the um, expanding the container. I don't know if you've listened to that, but episode 17 was a guided meditation on expanding our container. And I think that is a very apt and apropos meditation to do right now. We are being given truckloads of salt (laughs) every day in this shutdown. And it is our job to expand our container to accept any amount of salt. And that is the work of resilience. That is the work we must do moving forward as we envision this new life and this new future for us. Specifically focusing on leaving behind that work ethic that was go, 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 hustle, 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 busy, busy, busy. And instead pulling into a love ethic that talks about being able to be cooperative and collaborative and in community and to really hold up our first responders, not just in words and in memes and in posts on Facebook or Instagram, but to truly provide what they need and to change this world for the better for those of us that are helpers, healers, and change makers and the people that we serve, the families, the kids, the older folks, the folks in recovery, the folks incarcerated, right? Those of us who are pulling into our radical self-care, now's the time to put it into action. So this is my call to action for you to join me on April 2nd at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time on a Zoom call to really start to formulate how we move forward. My goal is to have a few more calls together to create something that we all can see as tangible. And maybe it's practices that we can all pull into. Maybe it's a collective that we connect with once a month moving forward. Again, I don't know what this will look like, but I'm energized and I'm hopeful. And I'm feeling a little radical. (laughs) So please join me. Go ahead and shoot me an email at Nicole, that's N-I-C-O-L-E, at radical-tendencies, T-E-N-D-E-N-C-I-E-S dot com. I will email you the Zoom link and we will hop on together and get radical and create this new world that we all deserve and that we know is possible. Thank you so much for listening. I will be doing these a little bit more regularly now that I've got the time. (laughs) And again, please share this podcast with anyone you think needs to hear it, anyone you'd like to invite into the Zoom call. And I hope that you are all well, taking care of yourselves, pulling into your radical self-care practices, remembering that we belong to each other and what I do impacts you and what you do impacts me. And that's how we'll build this global community together. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening and for subscribing to this podcast. Until next time, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Steward Project podcast and sharing this space with me. Remembering that how we show up in the world matters. We're all in this together and we belong to each other. Until next time.